I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. What's going on? This is Rad with another great episode of Soft Rep Radio. As always, I have my dad hanging out with me above the fireplace, and I have a very special guest all the way from Portsmouth, England, at Fort Cumberland, where Napoleon and the French tried to battle the British, is Gary Weaving. Now, I'm not saying Gary tried to battle the, the French. I'm saying Gary is at Fort Cumberland, where I'm just going to say it, the SBS was formed, which is like the... Uh, special boat service, which is equivalent to the special air service. So if you've ever played Call of Duty and you played the SAS characters or you ever play Counter-Strike video games and you play the SAS characters or you know about the SAS raids, you know, saving hostages, SBS is equal 
right? And so where Gary is at right now, to my guests listening, is at the foundation where life was created for the SBS. Gary, welcome to Soft Rep Radio. Hi, Raj. Thank you very much. And um, hi to all the Soft Rep listeners. Thanks for having me on board. It's absolutely amazing you've got me here today. Yeah, going into what you were just saying, uh, the Special Boat Service were actually formed after the SAS. And they were actually formed to, and they were called the Cockle Shell Heroes. And they actually went off as an elite training unit to go undercover and blow up some uh, German ship, put it that way. And we knew they were formed here because it's written in the history. But when we actually look further into it, this is the exact office they were formed. Where I am sat now, apparently, was the officer in charge. This is where his bed was. And it's documented that he sat on his bed and went, we need to form a new organisation. And actually, quite, something's quite funny's come to me because I'm involved with various history groups, things like that. And they've actually managed to get one of the original canoes that is in kit form. And we have it here now. Say that one more time, Gary. Say that one more time. What was it that he had there? Well, they actually, this um, history group that celebrate history and remembrance, have actually managed to track down one of the original cockle shell heroes canoes. And it's actually in kit form. Oh. Belong and it's actually here in our in our charity today, and we're actually going to put it back together on site where they would have built it in the first place. And we're trying to get some SPS veterans to come down and join in in that rebuild. And then it's going to be shown in the museum, and the history of how it's done a full cycle in life is going to come back to this project. Right. So I'm really pleased to be actually part of the history and the foundation not only of the SPS, but also the history, the military history of this fog. Yeah, that's really, it's really awesome. Now, I had the pleasure to come and meet you at this office, in this room. We shared tea. We had stories. We got to walk around the fort and check out the services that you provide. You see, to my listener, you may not know this, but Gary is a 10-year veteran Royal Marine, uh, served in campaigns. Royal Engineer. In Afghanistan. Royal Engineer. Royal Engineer. Yeah, yeah, Royal Engineer. I just want to, yeah, Royal Engineer. So basically Sapper, right? You used explosives and set up charges. Tell us what that is. Well, as a civilian, I actually had trade skills. And what I wanted to do was go into the army and not just be a sort of gun for hire and be trained in just a weapon. I wanted to also keep a civilian trade as well. And actually the Royal Engineers in the British Army is one of the most diverse uh, cause there is. And when I was going through selection, they kept telling me, come back and lose four seconds and you can join the powers. But that actually just makes you one type of person. So I said, no, thank you, because actually in the Royal Engineers, you can become commando trained, parrot trained, diver trained, and a oh. whole list of different traits. I never did go down the powers because it, I, I'm not the right sort of physical structure. You, you, you've got to be that sort of uh, right build to do it, you know. I'm built, I'm built for strength mm. and speed, and there's the problem, you know. So I joined the Royal Engineers in <laughs> uh, the year 2000. Um, I went 
uh, I got through basic training. I was a combat engineer, so that uh, went into bridge dens, construction, landmines, blowing shit up, building shit, blowing yeah. shit up again, you know? But he also, I had my civilian trade just along the building lines, and that was something I did free thing. But it actually, because I was a very good builder, so prior experience, it actually landed me in a building squadron. And one one thing, you know, I don't claim to serve, you know, an elite career and taken a thousand lives and seen and done some of the stuff that yourself has and some of the guys and like my ambassador Phil Campion. But the reality is, we did something that was actually very important. It was my squadron that went in on Operic. We were the Operic one. We were the first boots on the ground for the whole of the Operic uh, conflict. And as you know, everything and all the infrastructure was actually in the north. So, and the south was completely lawless and actually the worst place. So we realised as a British army, we've got to take a, we've got to build a, a functional base there and then build out to the fobs and, uh, and stuff like that beyond that point. And we were very unprepared. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, half of us didn't have the right kit on. Some of us had broken bits of kit. Mm -hmm. You know, I was actually carrying a weapon that we couldn't repair. So it fired, but it wasn't working properly. And it was very quick. They decided, we're in, we're going. And there was no direct flights. There was uh, none of this sitting on an RAF, um, you know, plane getting served meals. It was literally, you know, <laughs> cargo planes sat on your sat on your day sack, no luxuries. It took nearly four days to get there because there was no direct flights, and we had to stop in certain countries to refuel. So we've landed in Kandahar and literally came off. Absolutely starving, hadn't had any decent sleep, got burgers, got weapon rolls, and off we went to the American scoff house. And because the Candid Hard didn't have a British scoff house at that stage, I was like, wow, these guys, no wonder some of your soldiers are big guys, mate. And the food, I was like, I was like a kid in a candy shop, you know, I was like, wow. So, dumb a burger by the door. Join the queue, and I'm watching a T-bone steak. It was massive. And I was thinking, why do we not get it? Why do the Brits not get this? Why do we not get this? That they do look after Yeah, why? <laughs> they do yeah. look after their soldiers' food-wise, you guys. I've got to give it to you. So I'm dribbling over this steak, and staff come running up to me and went, you want guess? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm looking forward to that steak. He went, unlucky. I went, what? He went, uh, get your section, you're going in. And I said, going in where? You know, my first tour. I was a bit I was a bit green to it all. And I was like, what have we got a have we got a O group, we got a meeting, we got a plan saying, what are we doing? He said, No, the uh yeah. is waiting, you are literally going in right now. And I was like Oh. And I thought, is this a good thing? Uh, you know, have I been chosen because I'm the man? Or have I been chosen because I'm a yeah. fool? 
and everyone else is going to sunbathe and eat pizza hut and candle. You've been chosen so, because you have this beautiful, gorgeous steak in front of you that you want to eat. That's why you got chosen. <laughs> so literally, 15 more Marines, 15 Royal Engineers, march straight out, fall straight on a, on a Chinook. And I'll never forget what Troopy said to me. I was one of the last people going on. And he said, Gary, um, I hope you know air power is two and a half hours away. And if you get in trouble down there, you're on your own. And I was like, winner. <laughs> Absolute winner. Oh, and that wow. was the moment. That was the moment I thought, this is serious now. This is what being in the army was going to be like. You know, this is the danger. This is the element. It was relatively a safe tour. So you're going in. We, but we yeah. were very, now you're very really dark. going in. Well, there was no armoured vehicles. It was soft-skinned vehicles. We're travelling around. We're getting O groups every day going, you're going to be hit by an IED tomorrow. We got intel. We got intel. I mean, I'm, I'm chucking sort of 20-odd, basically, kids in the back of a soft-skinned vehicle going... We get idea. You might as well kiss each other's asses because we're gone, you know. So you know, even the thought of not having the protection around you and not having having the luxuries that you need to try and survive was quite a daunting thing, you know. And we literally started with nothing but washing up bowls in a tent, uh, eating rations, twenty-four hour rations, and literally every helicopter that turned up, they gave us more stuff. Every, you know, every lorry that turned up, we opened it, there was more gear. And we started off with 30 blokes stood in washing up bowls to a camp that was absolutely humongous. And I'm trying to think of a of a state or a, or a part of your country that actually resembles the size of what, what Camp Bastion was in the end. You know... And I and I stood there that first morning and I said to my mate, I said, um, so where's the camp gonna be? And he went, Do you see the horizon? And I went, Yeah. And he went, it's gonna end there. <laughs> and I was like, Are you joking? And we were so unprepared, they'd so underestimated how long this camp was gonna build be built that within six weeks we realised we had to get a lot of local employed chogies to come down. 300 of them, we basically said, you're not allowed to leave the wire, you're going to get paid well, but you need to work with us, you know? And slowly but uh, gradually, more turned up, more kit. Then the medics came in, then the operatic free lock came in, which were the more senior medics. Then it was the paras. So literally, at the end of the six months, we were getting on... We've built a runway, we've built super hospitals, super kitchens. It was like a massive, massive, very large town. Roads. I was involved oh, yeah. in I was involved in the ammo dump. I was involved and I remember this SAS colonel turning up, right? Quite high ranking. And he said, This is the biggest yeah. military taking the British forces have ever had since World War Two. You know, and you wow. know, yeah. Were we the glory? No, the the paras, the Royal Marines, they got that. 
you know. But the reality of course. is they couldn't have done what they did without the blood, sweat and tears that we put in. And we were literally working 15, 16 hour days, seven days a week. We did never stop once. And luckily, by the time we left, it was operational fit, ready for the Paris to come in and start working some months. And actually, what made it for me out there, okay, was the people, was the actual people. Because I had facial hair. I've always been a bit older than my years, so I got away with it. And I was a bit older than the your, your usual sort of large corporal. And um, to the elders, to the people, to the supervisors, that's a big thing in their culture. So I used to have to go and pick them up every morning. They were right in the far corner in their own little compound. And I used to have to go over every morning. Like, I was like the child catcher, literally. You know, like the story of the rat, Pied Piper. That's what it was like. Oh, yeah. The and, oh, for sure. Come yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know <laughs> and what I realised oh, was yeah. is they absolutely loved the boiled sweets in the ration bags. So I'd go around all the blokes oh. going, give us your boilies, give us your boilies. You know, get, and I'd go over every candies, give me your treats, and they'd all yep. they'd all file yep. up, right? And then as they all came in, they'd like, so I'd give my boilie each. You never see such appreciation. But at the end of the day, this is terrible. But this is funny humour. This is British humour for you. And actually, it was wonderful to see that that these guys found this funny. At the end of the day, the supervisor, the main elder used to bring me over a new man. We never picked on the same ones because we're not bullies. He used to be bring me a, a, a new man. And we used to tie his, um, you know, over his eyes. And we used to play hide the flip-flop. Sure. And every night, we'd tie, hide their eyes and we'd bury their flip-flops in the sand. And then we'd all sod off and leave him there to look for them. And their humour, actually, they found it amazing. They found it amazing. One thing did happen one day, though, that was a bit naughty. They're not used to Western women. They're not used to Western women full stop. They're not used to Westerners down there. You know, many of them... Right, let alone Western women. Yeah, they said, we've never seen a white man before. Never, ever seen a white man ever. So we have um, some magazines that were big in that era called Nuts or Zoo. And it was like a lad's mag. And you also had glamour models in there. Well, one day, and the families were sending them over, and we were reading ones that are like months, six weeks out of date. But it was keeping us in touch with the with, with back home. Well, one day, right. one of them came over, and I was looking at this magazine, and his eyes, he was like, oh, and he said, can I have, can I have? And I thought, well, I've read it. Can I, I have? Really think too much into it. I was like, hey, go on, mate, go on, go on, knock, knock yourself out, literally. So yeah. I've given him his magazine. <laughs> oh, my God. A massive fight kicked out, kicked off. There's a big big bundle of uh, local employed uh, chogies all fighting, and there were blokes running off in their flip-flops with, like, a little bit of tit. You've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, and literally... Just like a little piece. Just a little, a little piece. piece. He's got a piece of, of the... 
happy as Larry. Off that's they a, went. Well, and that's amazing because, oh my God, the Gary, that's, that's crazy goes, because like the, the kids, the people, the, they've never seen that. Yeah. Well, when I was out there, I had a lot of respect for my supervisors, you know. Abdul and Fido, they were called. Like the old dance. wasn't too sure what that was all about, but it's a cultural thing. And they actually saved my life one day. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When it comes to break times, I wasn't allowed to go and sit with the regular men. I had to sit with the supervisors because they saw me as a supervisor. So me and Abdul and Fida used to go off and have our break. And we were keeping our weapons in an ISO because we were so in the middle of the camp at that point that they were close but not on us, you know? So if it all went off, we could have just quickly unlocked it, got the weapons out, and we were going. But I'm sitting there with my sword vest on, and I had a a knife here. I always kept my knife on me. Practical, sensible. You don't know what's going to go on, you know? So I'm sat there against the HESCO, the HESCO walling, and talking to these two guys, and the next thing, one of them's just got up and gone crunch straight into my chest. 
and it startled me, and I thought to myself, it's kicking off. So I've gone like that, hold out my knife, as if to say, I'm going to protect myself. And one of them was like, oh, 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 oh. And I've looked, and there was this little black brown spider running off. And it turned out that Vito went and got the the translator, came back, and it turned out I have one of the most poisonous spiders in Afghanistan climbing up my chest. And he actually punched the, the spider and me to get it off of me. And if I'd been bitten, there is no cure, and I probably would have died there and then. So, actually... Oh, Gary. You know, I really respect those guys. And if you treat them like humans, treat them with respect. Give them their cultural right. respect. Uh, the respect they've got. They're just people. And you know what? They're following yeah. anyone out there. All they want is health care, schooling, quality of life, and safety. You know, and how, you know, how, there's a lot that's really about should we have gone, should we have not have gone, was it our war? But for 20 years, those those people had a lot more safety and, and hope that life would get better than they've ever had in years. So it was such a, such a shame. And when it came to us pulling out of Afghanistan, a lot of my younger veterans are Afghanistan and Iraq veterans. And we had to throw a massive camp at the drop of a hat because a lot of them couldn't deal with it. But that's moving probably on to the next subject. Right. Yeah, because because now that you've gone through, you know, that that style of life and you've been deployed and now you're coming back to, uh, you know, your homeland, things aren't always the same as they seem. And, you know, I should have mentioned in the very beginning that you run and help organize the Forgotten Veterans United Kingdom UK, Forgotten Veterans UK website and program where you reach out and help veterans in their lowest possible space of life where no one thinks that they deserve any help. And then there's Gary. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know, Gary, that uh, you're a shining star in the galaxy. Okay, bro. Yeah, I just want you to know that. And uh, Mm -hmm. if anybody listening to this, if you're in England, if you're in the UK and you're listening to this and you're like, you're at this breaking point, I want you to listen to Gary right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I want you to also check out Forgotten Veterans UK on the web. So, Gary, tell us about what you're doing at Fort Cumberland with those, um, oh, I want to call them Quonset huts, but they're not that. They're like, uh, oh, what are they called? You know, Sherpas. Uh, What what are you? Um, Basements. Yeah, yurts. It's a yurt. Yes, it's a yurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Well, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. (laughs) The truth of it is, okay, our government, and I'm going to say this, and people like me because I'll say it as it is. Don't have to agree with me, but it is my opinion. Our government has not done enough sure. to support the troops. They did do some stuff, and they were funding many or a lot of organized, uh, certain organisations, okay? But it wasn't enough. And there's been some very good people in the government, in the NHS, in the large charities that have dedicated their lives and worked very hard to help us. But, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but it wasn't enough. It right. was nowhere near enough, you know. I got medic- medically discharged with neck and spinal uh, injuries and long-term nerval damage 
also really undiagnosed mental health problems, you know, and you don't actually yeah. have to have stress from war to cause stress in your job, you know. I should imagine it relates very much to the American army, you know. Even when we're in rest periods, even when we're not on operations, you're put against each other, you're put in competitions, you've got to be the fastest, the mm -hmm. best, the strongest, you can't show mm -hmm. weakness, you're not allowed to show emotion. There's a phrase in the uh, uh, British forces that have done more harm than anything else, and I refuse to have it said in this book, and that is the phrase, man up. For years, uh, anyone that's shown any anxiety, any any weakness, was you know weakness within right, has been told to man up and get on with it, you know. And let's be honest: if you can't talk about your feelings, you can't talk about your emotions, you can't talk about your traumas, you can't talk about the things that you've seen or the situations you've been within, or how things have affected you, and you get told. That you you know it's weak to have a voice. It's weak to show emotion. They want to see a robot, a yes man, a soldier. You know. Then of course, people's mm. mental health and people's attitudes and people's situations in life are really going to decrease and get worse. And when I came out of the army, I couldn't return home because it was pre-armed forces covenant, and I couldn't get housed. I ended up in quite a rough estate from an area I don't even know, with no support network, no family network, and no ongoing service. So what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to take my traumas and injuries from my forces that I, I bled green. I wanted to do serve for the rest of my life, you know? And when things went wrong and I got yeah. the injuries I did and the lack of support and help I did from within the service... It just destroyed me. It destroyed my soul. It destroyed yeah. self-worth, my self-satisfaction. You don't need to have seen your mate blown across your face to have that. You know? It's a natural reaction to life. Okay? And then, of course, mm -hmm. I turned into a recluse. I didn't go out. I, turned, I pushed my friends away. I pushed my family away. I started to abuse drugs, pharmaceuticals, alcohol. You know, I tried to get help. I reached out to the NHS on three separate occasions. But the system wasn't designed then to really help us. The NHS left it to the large charities because they're so well funded. The large charities said, well, you really, you're not our problem. You should be the NHS's, you know. And there were some good services out there, but it was nowhere near enough, you know? And so... Now, NHS, course, NHS for my listener, that means, yeah. isn't that National Hospital Services or how, Na what's National NHS Health in Service. England? National Health Service. National Health Services, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, unlike yeah. you guys. You guys pay through the nose for health care. We get it as a given in our country. Yeah, we do. Right. <laughs> If you're able to pay tax and your uh, stuff like that, then it gets taken from your tax. Okay? And it's not that they didn't want to help. They just didn't understand us. And in the 80s and 90s, various British governments closed the war hospitals to save money, but they didn't fund or train the NHS to support us. So, of course, 
30 years later, you've got the biggest tsunami of mental health, anxiety, nightmares, PTSD, drug and alcohol, yeah, because we didn't feel like we fitted in with the civilian world. And so we've kind of created this whole wave ourselves by lack of funding, lack of investment, right. a lack of understanding that we're not your average civilian. We look at things differently. We act to things differently. We mm-hmm. got different, you know, differences like you wouldn't believe. Okay, but they don't. You're programmed differently. Them. Yes. Well, the British Army breaks your mindset and creates you into what they want. They turn you into some right. someone. Yeah, what they need. We deal with that with dark, inappropriate, over-sexualized banter, humor. And that's how we cope with the stress Mm -hmm. of our day jobs. But what they don't do, once you're injured, once you come to the end of your service, if you were good enough and strong enough and didn't pick up injuries to do the full service, then hats off to these guys. Right. You have the mentality and the body structure and the passion to become elite like you guys, then I give you so much respect. It wasn't for me, you know? We're all different, but we're all part. We're all small cogs of a big wheel, and that's the truth. Okay? Right. But they don't unmake we all you. are. Well, yes. They don't unmake you. So you bring out this, these behavioral patterns. You bring out the right. traumas of service, added to the traumas before service, during service, after service. You can't, you don't feel like you're fitting back in. You know, you feel like you've lost the family, like you've lost your brothers, your right. sisters, you know. Yep. And, and a lot of these guys have come in from kids, so they know nothing else. So to be now be pushed back into yep. a civilian world, which is completely foreign to us, is a difficult thing to do, Rad. Difficult. Not all struggle. We know that. But a lot do. Right. You know, and it's because there hasn't been. And again, they're taught to come, they're they're, they're taught to keep it inside, right, Gary? You're taught to keep it inside. You're not not, supposed to, like, just, you know. You know, I'd rather deal with this shell of a person. You know, you're a big guy, Red. You're a train guy. I'd rather put you on my shoulder and have you you snotting on it than having to deal with your anger and start rolling around the floor with you. You know, there's nothing wrong with emotion. It's much easier to do than deal with anger, you know? And the forces have had to change their ways. Some say it's gone too soft. Some say it it all depends where you look at it from and who you are, you know? You you special forces guys have got a mindset that is beyond other people's. But even you guys break, even you guys have emotions, even you guys exhaust trauma, uh, whether it's from life or from service. And if you don't keep a check on it, you don't talk about it, you, you don't deal with it, you don't go to the right people, you don't keep off the alcohol, the drugs, you know, it will explode. And, right. and this is what seems to be going on in our community. It seems to be exploding. Yes. So I came out. Here too, in the support. U.S., in the U.S. as well. Yeah. yeah, I just want you to know that. It's the same here yeah. as oh, well as 100%. in the U.K. I watch you guys all the time. 100%. This is why I'm really pleased to be able to get to your audience. Because just because yes. we're Brits, 
just because we talk in a slightly different lingo, we're obviously more attractive and sexy. That that goes without saying. But because of, <laughs> but because of that, it doesn't mean we're not all flesh and blood. You know, we all still piss right, and shit exactly. just like everybody else. Okay, Thanks. but the reality of it, the reality of it is, if you let these problems keep going, if you keep letting these problems keep building, the more you let your negatives in your life start to build, the more they start to get out of control. You've got a life full of negatives, and you've got a life full of positives. You have, I have, we all have. The more depressed you are, the more yes. you rheumatize, the more you catastrophize the more you avoid and do not deal with those negatives, the worse they get. So what we do in, with my charity is we help you identify what negatives can you change and what negatives you can't you? Because until they develop a pill, Brad, that makes that crazy shit go away, right, out of your memory for good, yeah. then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with it. You've got to. So all you, you can do is all you can do with a negative you can't change, a trauma, experience, and emotion, is look at it, learn from it, grow from it, and march on. And if you can digest it like that, a massive negative in your life becomes education and suddenly become a huge positive. And that is what I learned to oh, do. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say there's that. Parts, yeah. There's parts of my career and life I cannot change. I can be angry at the world. I was so angry. I never left my house. I refused to engage. I just wanted to die. I gave up hope. I gave up the willing to live. I couldn't see my beautiful wife, healthy children, roof yeah. over my head and car, which is more than some veterans have got. All I could do was catastrophize and focus on the negatives. So we help them digest what they can't change yep. and learn from it. But we help them identify what they can change. And if you've got debt, then we need to look at your debt. We need to get you to the right advisors. We need to get you to the right charities. If you've got a miserable wife that you're not getting on with, then bring her down and we'll sit all together. We'll counsel her. We'll give her therapy. Because she's sure. the big part of this. If you've got a bottle of gin, 100%. You sat on the side, you can stop drinking that. It is a choice. And if you get the right therapy, you get the right treatment, you get the right alcohol support, you can move on from that. If you've got a massive great hole in your ceiling and it's dripping and it's mouldy and you sat there in a grim, dirty old front room thinking, how am I ever going to solve this? We'll come around and fix it. We'll fix that ceiling, we'll paint that front room, and we'll give you and we'll show you that that negative is actually quite changeable. When you're not involved yes. in someone's emotions, it's very easy for you to stand back and identify easy pathways to deal with it. So it's a knock-on effect. The more negatives you improve, the better life gets. The better life gets, the more you notice your positives. The better you feel about yourself, the better morale, the better encouragement, the more passion you get to make things better. It's, and, and then you start to excel in your positives. 
you like fishing, get fishing again. If you like sport, go for a run. I know your depression, your anxiety, your mood is telling you you can't, but you can if you deal with those negatives. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And they could come and hit you up for that as well through the for, through Forgotten Veterans. They can say, yeah. I'm having a hard time. The one thing that, yeah. you, that struck me with you when yeah. we were hanging out was you were either getting a phone call or you were working with someone who was on their last moment and they were in despair. Yeah. And you were like, Rad, we, tr- yeah. we travel to wherever yeah. in England that this person yeah. needs us and we go and take <laughs> care of them. And you bring mm-hmm. them back to those yurts mm-hmm. where you, you, you put them through a program that they've agreed to be a part of. And yes. they're like, this is, yeah. you're their, you take care of them, you bring them in, you yeah. help. You help them snot on your shoulder, if you will, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you help them understand that's okay. Yeah. That's what it yeah. takes. I'm saying that because you've probably had that a hundred times, you know, Look, someone crying on you. I, I could play the victim card, and I did for many years. I sat in that home right. convincing myself the whole world hates me. I hate the whole world. I've got no self-worth. I've got no self-respect. I've got no future. Hope is a massive word in life. You have to have hope. 
Because if you don't have hope, life becomes pointless. If life becomes pointless, it becomes dangerous. Then you give up. But to have hope, you've got to have goals. You've yeah. got to have targets. You've got to have reasons to um, exist. Set the two bigger goals, you will slip that down to hopeless. But the only way you're going to achieve those goals is setting achievable ones and dealing with those bloody negatives that you can change. And and when I That's was right. at my lowest, okay, when I needed a friend, when I needed someone to guide with me, someone to laugh with me, someone to pick up the phone at one o'clock in the morning and say, hey, brother, it's going to be okay, I give a damn. There was no one. So I created the Buddy Scheme on Facebook, truly groundbreaking, nothing of its sort. And actually, a year later, Facebook invited me to a World Mental Health Seminar and asked me to be their keynote speaker because they'd never seen their platform and social media be used in this way before. And it's now been copied hundreds and thousands of times, not only by veterans, but now by civilians. When I needed $20 to get to a mental health appointment and I couldn't even afford that, I couldn't get it. There's some great charities out there, RBL, SAPA, they give amazing grants out, but it's not quick and they know that, you know? So I created something called the Hardship Fund where people can ring me up and go, guys, I need 20 quid for electric. I need school uniform for my kids. I need um, clothes for a job interview. I need to get to a point right. to get to this. Um, and when you bum someone $50, it's not the end of the world, but to them it's huge. To them it's massive. So oh, we, yeah. create, we created the well, whole you know, We seem to be as human. Like you say, you know, we're all human. We all want to have, you know, the same freedoms and, uh, you know, dignity that, you know, no matter what our languages are. And so here you are saying, you know what, you need 50 bucks, 50 quid, 50 pounds. Here, here you go. Okay. You may have a hundred and you give them 50, leaving you half, but to them, you've probably allowed them to go to their appointments. You've probably allowed them to put some type of food on their table. Very, you're really, I mean, I'm not trying to put you on this pedestal, bro, but there is one that you should be on. And I'm just going to let you know that because there are other organizations that are trying to help veterans in England, like, you know, Pilgrim mm-hmm. Bandits and other people. But what happens is they become stretched. Yeah. And now their services are completely full. So what happens is here in the U.S., we have the VA, right? The Veterans yeah. Administration. So a lot yeah. of our veterans, as much as we dog it, as much as yeah. they make fun of it, it's still yeah. there. Okay. They, they still, still go to the VA hospitals. Structure. Exactly. And so on my side of the world, if you are listening to this, the VA is very much there to stop you from being, you know, Mm. just like Gary. But Gary doesn't have that infrastructure over in England like we do here in the U.S. with the VA. So Gary, I'm just breaking this down. He's a piece of pie of that helping and he doesn't get paid. Gary's payment is you living and you smiling and you in his heart. That paycheck comes to me in my heart every month. Every time I get a veteran that says thank you to me or my team and generally appreciates whatever we've done, however big or small, a little piece of my soul becomes alive again. And there's nothing like one of our slogans is selfless commitment to others. 
to do something selfless for someone else gives you so much self-respect and so much self-worth that a paycheck could never give me, you know? And again, when it came to my crisis point, when it came to that moment that I'd given up hope, life had become dangerous, I was so mentally ill, I couldn't see the positive, only focus and and rheumatise over the darkness. I, I tried to take my own life in a very serious way, and I'm very lucky to be alive. But one thing I, that happened yes. before that day was I was in crisis, and I rung up a well-known organisation in the taxi, going down the motorway with my sleeping bag. That's all I had. Don't ask me why, but my mindset was everywhere. And I said, I'm in crisis. I need help today. I am going to kill myself today and and this is no thought for them mm-hmm. their own but they said we're not set up for this we can't handle this we do a lot of mental health and we help fix people and we have guide people we have rebuild people but we do not offer bonkers crazy shit time what we need is a, a reasonably yeah. st- stable veteran to be able to work with them so again all i've actually ever created is what i should have had so we've now got this retreat mm-hmm. and this massive fort where partly sponsored by NHS England, Veterans Foundation and various other organisations. It hasn't been easy because I stood up and, and criticised the system. I sort of told my story and not all wanted to hear the truth, you know, and I understand why. But I did it for them. I didn't even want to be a charity. I had no aspiration of being a charity. I was just doing things that made me feel better that was making other people feel better. So what we do here now is is, is three different sorts of service. We do a C1, which basically means immediate threat to life. So if a veteran rings me up tonight, 200 miles away at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he says, Gary, I'm going to hurt myself. Gary, I need my help today. I need it now. We will literally get in the bus, bomb up there, mm-hmm. safe to do so, go and get them, and we'll bring them to Fort Cumberland for a four-day, three-night crisis support break with a small care support team, you know? And just bringing them here for a jolly isn't actually the answer. Building a plan, an immediate, medium, and long-term plan, building a network for them to go home to, Um, linking up with organisations that are in their area so they feel supported when they're away. That's right. Just as important. We also do a C2, which is, it's not an immediate threat to life, but I am very vulnerable, I am very stressed, and I'm not coping. And we bring them in, same theory, okay? We do a monthly group C3, which is, oh, Christ, when you get 50 or 60 of these in one place, you know, 50 or 60. Oh, no. Well, that's not, good, though. And we're not just that's talking good. 25, 30-year-olds. We're talking 80-year-olds. We're talking every core, every rank, every service, every conflict. Because, you know, this isn't just affecting young people. A lot of these older veterans have been carrying these scars for many, many years and never had the services that we've got now 
you know, the Afghanistan, the vet, the Iraq veterans complain and say, oh, it's not enough, there's not enough. Well, you should have been around when they were in Northern Ireland, when they were in the Falklands, after World War Two. Correct. You know, there, there was virtually right. nothing of this sort of assistance, you know? But what we've realised is, no. you know, it's not a quick fix. You can't do a PowerPoint two-day course and now you're fixed. This is going it's a marathon, not a race. And they can come back here as regularly as they want. We have to run something called the seven-step program and the ones that feel they're capable and are able and we feel are appropriate. Once mm-hmm. they show me, it's show me an area of stability and they've, they've dealt with a lot of their negatives and they're working on their positives, we then will start giving them more and more responsibility every step of the ladder and we'll sit back and watch and looking for the cracks and looking for the problems and the extra support and extra work until we're basically training them to be me, training them to be the next gas weaving. And what it does for them is just as powerful as right. what it does right. for me. And, you know, I've, I've... And so and so your staff is there like you, right? They're there to help. They're there we have a, with we have similar experiences to, we uh, you know... We have some people yeah. that have heard of yeah. us and have had previous mental health experience and long careers or still in mental health, and they come to help us involuntary in their own time. But we also have the ones that I went and picked off the floor at two o'clock in the morning with, you know, a handful of pills. Uh, I, or yeah. we went out and got them off a bridge. Or we went and picked them up in the night and we gave them hope. We gave them purpose. We gave them belonging. We gave them a reason to try and a reason to get back on life and start keep pushing and own it again. And they're not all the same, you know. I've got to be straight with you guys. I don't know if this is a problem in America, right? And it's not always a palatable opinion. But in England, the term PTSD is being abused. It's gone too far, you know. We've had a lot of charities jump on it as a moneymaker. You know? Yeah. And they've been diagnosing people without the experience, without the actual history, you know. But there lies the problem. There's not enough services for mental health, but now suddenly there's an influx of PTSD mental health. So, of course, if you can't get help in your local town and that, you're now developing the symptoms of PTSD because you can get help for that, you know. And I'm not saying people are abusing it, it has almost become a badge of honor with some people. Charities, I don't think it's quite the people with the issues that are abusing it. It's the yeah. people who are trying to capitalize on those people's uh, vulnerabilities to yeah. better themselves. Uh, like I was saying, you take no profit from this. And I yeah. thought at least you would pull a salary, you know, a paycheck. No, no. And and that's the big difference right there. So, so if someone's pulling a paycheck. <laughs> I didn't start this charity for my benefit. Well, I did. It's benefited me mm. in many, many. Well, your mental health benefit up but here, I yeah, and in your heart. Yeah. I didn't do this for financial gain. I'm not trying to empire build. No. I'm not trying to draw big money and get elaborate offices. And you know, I'm just one of the guys. I'm just one of the men. 
just because I'm the CEO, it's only a title. I'm still a person. But do you know what? Right. Because right. I've been in, because I was in care as a child, because I was in a gang in London in the nineties, because I've been in a prison for violence and some of my mistakes. Right. It, what it's made me is a very travelled and worldly person, and you know. When you get taken away into care before before you can even walk or talk and put in the care system or fostering system, as you may know it, you know, yeah. you're almost having your your life yeah. choices smashed apart before your very eyes, before you've even been given a chance. Then you end up with the naughtiest kids at the naughtiest schools, with the naughtiest classes, and you're never going to get anywhere. And if you hang around in that, you become that. And then it, then it evolved into gang That's life. Right. I, and I was never a bad man. There was always this massive, massive heart in here. There was still Gary. I wasn't a wanker. I just behaved like a wanker. There's a difference. And actually, all yeah. I was doing as, as the lead was actually trying to look after my crew, trying to look after my gang, because we were all dysfunctional teenagers without proper home, without proper homes. No, that's right. Literally, you guys were, you know, just defending each other, doing what you could to survive. It's called a gang. It's called roughage. Yeah. It's called, you know, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you need to eat, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah. no one's there to give you any food. And yeah. when you put someone at their very, mm -hmm. at the, I don't even, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Gary. Yeah. And, and I know and the, rea that, uh, the, the Gary is, has always, is in there. Yeah. I yeah. was just an unhappy, nice bloke that didn't have the options, yeah. didn't have the love, and didn't have the hope. I gave up hope. I did some time in prison. But you know what? I've done some horrible things. I've, been, I've done some violent things, right, things I'm not proud of. But I can look myself in the mirror mm. because I never touched someone that didn't ask for it and didn't deserve it, and that's my only saving grace. But when I came out of prison, mm -hmm. I met my mm -hmm. wife. Uh, I was just 18. I was a mere boy. I thought I was 10 men. I thought I was the man. I thought I was the top dog. I wasn't. I was a complete idiot yeah. with grandeurs of illusions, right? But she said to me, do you know what, Gary? I don't see this reputation. I'm not hearing what people say about you. I'm actually seeing a very warm, engaging, caring man, right, that hasn't got right. excuses for his behaviour, but he has got reasons. And she said... Well, do you want to keep gang banging? Do you want to keep going in prison? Do you want to keep smoking the drugs and doing and doing the wrong, or do you want to live? And that lady gave me an right. option. She gave me a positive or a negative road, and I took the positive. And do you know what saved me? Having someone to love, someone to crawl home, and a reason to try. Yes. And when I went into the army, I had to pin down that shit because I, I, I was a tasty boy in my day, you know. Not that I was the most biggest of men, but mm -hmm. in there, I was massive. And that's a dangerous person, you know. And I had to pin down that. And I had to sort a lot of my stuff out to be handled the disciplines of the, of the British forces, okay. But the reality is, actually, yeah. it's the ones that make the best soldiers because you've either got it in you or you haven't. It's as simple as that. You know, you know? it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll tell you, Gary, my dad was a Green Beret, Special Forces, you know, the best mm. of the best in the Army here. And, mm. uh, and a lot of guys that I talk to, yourself, 
others mm -hmm. as well, have all come mm -hmm. from something with the same background. My dad was yeah. adopted. My yeah. dad came from a situation where he was kind of passed around in um, in the bars in Wisconsin when he was a little baby, and, and mm -hmm. the people that owned the bars kind of passed him around as a child, and he grew up in a bar until he was adopted at 12, and then mm -hmm. joined the Navy and went at 17 to the Navy in mm -hmm. Vietnam, and then became a Green Beret for the rest of his my time as, as my dad. So yeah. I, I talked to a lot of guys who have had a, some type of like a, a broken background, you know, where it wasn't just like my dad gave me the home, gave me the mom, gave me the dad, gave me the church to go to every Sunday, gave me some type of structure, you know, but I, I, I like to say that it's because he had learned what it is. That's right. A reason to try it. Right. So, you know, I yeah. seem to get sent all the veterans that they can't handle, especially the younger ones, you know? Yeah. All the ones that don't fit into the mould, all the ones that have been on the drugs, been in the prisons, got the deepest, most root-set problems, yeah? And they walk in here and I close that door right. and I sit them down and I make something quite clear. I tell them, I fuck this up, I muck this up, I did this, I pushed that, I abused this. I've done many, many things wrong in my life. And they look at me like I'm mental. Yep. Why are you telling me this? And I go, it's quite frank, right? I'm not here to look down on you. I'm not here to judge you. We're both a couple of knobs. I'm just further along in my rehabilitation. And yeah. I don't care <laughs> so what true. you tell me. <laughs> I don't care what you tell me. I've yeah. done worse, but, but I don't care what you tell me as long as you tell me the truth. I can handle truth, but That's I can't right. handle bullshit. As soon as I smell that coming, no. you know, I'm like, this ain't the way our relationship's going to start. And they need that daddy. They need that person in the cold. They need that person who's going to pick That's them right. up at the police station at half four in the morning and go, what the fuck have you done now? Not can you do a mood chart and tell me how you feel? Are you feeling angry? It, you know, that, that works well for some, but the veteran community, the most troubled ones, it's, they've got to have the straight talking. Some days I'm the mummy, they're in here for the, for, for, for the breastfeeding, and they're there, there, and well, you know, <laughs> and, you right. know. Coddling. Yeah, 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 you know. And some days they need the yeah. daddy. They need to be told, what the fuck was that? That's right. Look at service. That's you know, exactly right. Some in the NHS have gone, what, you cuddle them, you 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 hold them, you touch them. Oh, you can't do that. Well, why can't I? You know, we're a brotherhood. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just we, holistic. We, we, it's, just another, it's a holistic medicine. You know, healing, yeah. you can heal with the power of yeah. hands. You know, yeah. hugging and, you know... <laughs> There is something that goes along with, you know, when I yeah. uh, literally shaking yeah. hands with somebody, you connect. When you've done naked bar sliding with 150 naked squaddies, what's the hug? It's oh nothing to us, okay? Right? <laughs> I but, but the reality is sometimes they need a hug, right? It's a bit like service. Yes, yes. When you do well, you get a pat on the back. You keep doing well, you get a stripe, Yeah. That's the way it works. If you fuck yeah. up, you're in front I mean, of the badge, your balls are on the table, and now you now now you're on your behind. That's right. So all I actually give them that's right. what they already know. 
and doesn't work for all. I have to be selective. I have to be careful. I have to watch emotion triggers, you know, body language to know when to up it and when to lower it. But sometimes, sometimes these people need some straight talking mad. And we're in a safe, cuddly world now to PC, to woke brigade, and they, they're not really understanding how we were formed, how we were broken, how we were rebuilt, yeah. how we cope with stress, how it's inappropriate, wrong, naughty, over-sexualized, you know. But if you're not going to beat that right. out of you, if you're yeah. not going to untrain that, that's what we are now in society, okay? And I have some wonderful, wonderful civilians, okay, that have realised they're in our world and they must adjust to us. But we're now in a world yes. where a lot, a lot of large organisations, the health services, the day, you know, it's you can't do this and you can't say that and it's... Are you a her, a him, a shim, a messed him? You know, and it's all gone so crazy that people are now frightened to give an opinion and to with act. rules. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, these people want to put you, they want to, they want to, they want to, what's the word I'm trying to, they want to like, you know, stifle you. They want to like, you know, put chains on you, still yeah. do what you're doing, but don't. It's like, but I can't, I have to break these chains. Yeah. I have to hug somebody. I've got to maybe yeah. get the belt out. I got to, you know, yeah. you have a 17th century urinal. You might need to yeah. go clean it. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, that's wrong, true. You know? I'm just saying. I walk, I walk in no. dangerous situations. You know, one time it was mentioned yes. to me by the NHS, maybe you should have body armour and a camera on, right? Do you know what I said to that? There's nothing like a body armour and camera to say, you must trust me, but I don't trust you. Simple. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's a, they feel like, the love. They feel <laughs> the emotion. You're right. I can, they yes. feel the passion, right? I was willing to let the Taliban shoot at me. I'm willing to take a risk and might get a punch in the face or a slap or it kicks off one day, you know. But the military wasn't yep. a job to me. It was a lifestyle. It was it was everything. And when I lost that, like many, many other veterans, whether their career ended well, with valour, high rank or injury or trauma or addiction... Mental, mental illness, yeah. sure. Yeah, when you when you come out, you've lost that. And for me, selfless commitment to others, the veteran community, what I do has replaced that massive hole. And someone said to me, "Guess if you could wake up quite a few pounds lighter without all the operations and the health conditions, would you go back in tomorrow?" And I looked them square in the face and I said, no, I won't. And they went, that surprises me, Gaz, because you're clearly a leader. And I said, that I am. Yeah. But I was one of 80,000 told where to stand, where to go and what to do. Here I'm a person and yeah. I can serve my country and serve my community far greater than I ever could before. I'm now quibbling because I am a little bit bonkers, about whether I should be going out to Ukraine. <laughs> not a fight. Yeah. Not a fight. But we met the veterans, the Ukrainian veterans minister, 
at our ambassador's uh, party at Westminster recently. She she nearly became the prime minister. Yeah, just of recently. Britain. Yes. Sadly, she didn't get the position, yeah. and I think the country's um, going to be a loss for that. But we met the Ukrainian uh, veteran minister, and they made it quite clear we don't even have a mental health system, let alone something for the veterans. And they are very, very, Correct. very, very worried about what they're going to do with some of the traumas and the injuries, not just from the, not just from the soldiers, but also the civilians. And so I've now got this moral so thing going inside me going, should I be doing a Hacksaw Ridge type styling, you know, armed walking stick, rocking yeah. up to Ukraine with, yeah. you know, with and try and get to the right people and say, look, there is no cure for PTSD. It don't matter what you do, you've got to assess it, you've got to learn from it, and you've got to beat it. That is the only way forward. But you got to put it on a leash. Yep. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.
There's no sense in putting body armor on and wearing a camera and trying to be vulnerable with that person at the same time. They probably feel very put off by that. Like, wait, I thought you were going to be like comforting. And this is not comforting to see a camera and now body armor. And if you said, well, I'm here to protect myself, that might just trigger somebody even further. So if they see you coming in kind of unarmed, just with your, you know, just who you are, they're probably going to be more receptive to the treatment, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like being a comedian. You must change your your colour to surround what's in front of you. You know, a rhino mm -hmm. and a flamingo's party. So I have to make some really quick judgments from what I see, whether it be are they intoxicated, are they on drugs, are they emotional, are they angry. Are they young? Are they old? What sort of conflict, right. you know? And you have to be able to adapt to, to what you're coming coming to, right? But what I just try and show more than anything when I walk into these people's eyes at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever it may be is passion and love more than anything, you know? And being a human, not a robot, not a mental health, Right. book, you know, a human, you know, just put your hand on someone, not all you that, sometimes just putting your hand on a shoulder and go, brother, I'm here, I get it, I understand, is always a good place to start, you know, so as we've gone through, we work yes. on the positives, we decrease the negatives, we move on from the non-changeable negatives, but, you know, having them have somewhere to come, somewhere to be, somewhere to be part of, something to belong to. You know, we work as a team, we cook as a team, we laugh as a team, we cry together. We also go out. That's right. Do. First couple of years of being down here, I was like very veteran on veteran and quite blinkered by that. Very blinkered. You know, lower ranked healthy, lower ranked, peer on peer peer mentoring, buddy on buddy, you know? And just yeah. through chance one day, we ended up with some adults with learning difficulties getting in contact and wanting to visit the fort. Uh, they were very, they'd seen us all over the papers at a local level, seen us on telly, and they decided they wanted to come and meet some veterans. And, then, and there, was a, there was a reason for that, you know? And when they come... Some of my most vulnerable guys and girls, some of the most quietest, some of the ones that don't engage too well, I actually saw a lot of warmth and, and a little bit of inspiration and a little light in their eyes that I hadn't seen before. So I, I soon very much realised, actually, it doesn't have to be veteran helping veterans to have selfish commitment and self-worth. It can be veterans helping civilians. It can be veterans helping the minorities and the vulnerable civilians. And also, doing that, not only do we help, say, adults with learning difficulties and give them a camp and we dance with them and we make stuff with them and we camp with them and we cook with them and we teach them how to build a fire, it teaches, it, not only does it give them a really great experience, but it also shows civilians that are naturally know a lot about our community that we are human. We are people. You know, we're not baby killers. We're not this machine. Yeah. 
this robot. We are actually people. And veterans helping civilians, disadvantaged civilians, has become a huge part of what we do now. And we go out and we build community gardens and we, you know, if the phone calls, whether it's 285... And these are the veterans. Nation. These are the veterans that you're bringing together to do this. Yeah. 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 Whatever that To build the calls. gardens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever, yeah so, whatever it's yeah. 285... Yeah. Year old Navy veterans in their in their eighties, elderly women that could do them a hand painting up their flat, will go and do it because it gives them something. It gives us. It teaches these guys new skills, teamwork. You know, for so many people that have got trained by the best military in the world, okay, and retained such team skills, such disciplines. A lot of them have lost that. A lot of them have lost sight of what they were and what they were about. So to put them back in instances where they've got to work together, they've got to get along with each other, they've got to give understanding and sympathy and respect to each other, even if they're not their sort of person. You know, if they're RAF, no one likes RAF. So, you know, you've got to look past the cafe, you've got to look past the banter. You've got to, and you've got to find you know, something within. And us helping civilians, us helping each other, us working together, us getting new skills is a huge part of what this charity is about, you know. I can't save them all. I've had thousands of veterans walk through these no. doors in the last four years. Thousands and thousands, more than people would ever imagine. We go so much, so much further than what most people do. But there has been a very small selection, maybe five or six, that it didn't matter how much money, how much love, how much cheek turning, how many chances, how many, how many cuddles, how many grippings. They just weren't ready. And whether it was due to alcohol, whether it was due to drugs, whether it was due to mental health, whether it was just due to poor attitude. Right. Yeah. And I've, over the years, I've taken them quite personally and I've almost felt like I failed people and I could have done more and I should have done more and should I have gone further? Should I have not said that, done this, gone there? But the reality is... Right, right. You can only lead that horse to water rad so many times. And if it don't drink, it's going to die of dehydration. And there has been some that I've had to say. We've had one recently that's just ended up back in prison again because despite all our best efforts, he got back on the evil pack, you know, and he ended up back in prison. Yeah. And he was a nasty little twat in the end, you know. And But the reality is part of what I'm good at is showing empathy and sympathy and I realise it's not him that's been a nasty little twat. It's the drugs that make him a nasty little twat. And despite the abuse and yeah. the brokenness that we got in the end, you know what? I'm still going to write that man in prison. I'm still going to reach out. I'm still going to... Oh, you should. Oh, you should. You, you might should. not, want, you might not like me at the moment. You may not. You're still probably very angry with yourself if you're honest. Right, and the easiest thing is to blame yeah. every other people for your failures. But the day you come out, if you are clean and you want to try again and you want that one more chance, then come and see me because I will give you that opportunity. Because if people hadn't given me first, second, third, fourth, 
fifth chances in my life, I wouldn't be who I am today. And that is how I find my love and empathy with some really ungrateful and quite volatile people sometimes. That sure. it's your trauma, it's your mental health, it's your addiction that speaks. There's a Gary inside. You just haven't had that opportunity. You haven't had that <laughs> Mrs. Waving to give you love. It's a chance yet. You know, so we're very proud of what we've created over here in the UK. It's against the grain. If every other person went right, I certainly went left. You know, I didn't want to become part of the yeah. problem. I wanted to become part of the solution. And our ideas have been innovative and we haven't imitated. And there's, it's very easy to imitate with a safe, safe bet, follow the crowd, follow the rules, don't come out of that safety box. But we've got a million organisations yeah. like that and we wanted to be the ones. You know, Penny Morden wrote a uh, smash hit book called Britain After the Storm during COVID and it went to every world leader around the world. And she gave every penny of that to charity and we were recipients. And we actually got a full writer. And I can't remember the whole text, but there are certain words that I do remember. And it said, forgotten veterans. Forgotten veterans that are leading from the front. Forgotten veterans are showing that there's a new way. Forgotten veterans that tread That's where right. others That's are fear and are prepared to go where others won't. And that says an awful lot. It's hard. It's gritty. It does. I don't see my family. I sleep more here than I do in my own bed. But I wouldn't right, change a right, thing, right? Right. I wouldn't change a thing. And out no, the, and your family out, knows you, you know, and they know that you're there all the time, Gary. They know this is you, bro. Like your family, I'm just going to let you know that I think your family loves you very much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> someone said to yes, my wife. Yes, and I'll tell you right now. Yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me. Someone said to my wife very recently, she said, they, you've living, literally given your husband away. How do you cope with this? Because most yes, women yeah. wouldn't put, away, put up with it. I put ourselves in a lot of debt to do this. I nearly lost my home over this, you know. But uh, some people call me stupid. Some people call me a saint. But you know what she said? She said, I had my husband leave the army a broken, broken man. He wasn't the confident, loud, funny, inspirational leader. He was a broken shell with, with no hope and self-worth. He may have sat in my front room oh, for man. five years, staring at the world, but he was never my husband once. I'd rather have a happy part-time husband than a dead one. And there you got it. Yeah. You know, behind every woman is uh, behind every woman. There you go. You have a good support Man, right good, there with her. He's a good woman. <laughs> you know, she knew I was different. She knew I was odd. She yes. knew I was a character. She knew that I was probably destined to be more than the hood rat selling the drugs in the prison on the drugs. You know, probably more than just another soldier. Um, I'm going to keep going. I've got so much more to give. I've got so much more to offer. I need the money. Of course I do. But not to spend on yeah. luxuries sure. and marble places to develop no. this charity. To fix the yurts. Yeah. 
Yeah, you but, you put that money towards yeah. good use to people's lives. Yeah, of course. I promise to give every yeah. penny to the of veterans. Course. It's their money. It doesn't belong to me. Makes no business sense, but I don't care. It's for them. I give it to them, and I will. I will. I will walk on hot coals for these individuals as long as they're prepared to take off their shoes and socks, hold my hands, and join me. And they feel <laughs> now, that. Gary. And it's different. They feel that. They really feel the love. Gary, is there a way that you take donations? Can I have you tell me, like, what's we could put it in the in the blog when we post this up for the podcast, of course, to our listeners. But yes. where could somebody donate, like, you know, some money? Yeah, by all means. There is details on our Facebook page. There's details on our Facebook group. There's a donate at ForgottenVeteransUK.com, which is our, our website. We're just about to build a new one because this charity is moving so quickly we can't keep up with it. But there is a donate button on there. I'd like to hear from more American veterans. Do you know what I said this to you when I met you before, Red? I'd like to try and raise some money away from our charity, yeah, that could get some American veterans to come to Britain and come to the um, and, and come to Fort Cumberland and come and spend some time with us doing what the Brits sure. do, learning our thinking, looking at our mindset and seeing if just because there's water between us if it can't be used in exactly the same way but also to educate ourselves on stuff that the americans are doing that we may not be doing right. you know i might sound big joint training joint like cross right, training i might yeah. sound like jesus of yeah. the veterans but life is a learning experience and i've got a lot more to learn and i've got a lot more to give so let's get the boys over from the americans there's no t-bone steak that's right. And get, you ain't getting none of that shit, brother. We call it a fish finger sandwich over it, you know. Uh, simple rations, lots of British lovings. And let's see if we can get the Americans and the Brits together to see if we can learn more from each other and see if we can get some of these methods taken over to the States and a different kind of therapy, right. a different kind of life coaching system brought out to there. You know, never know. It it's so work. true. It's so true, Gary. You know, if you go back and watch a couple other episodes that I posted, I've talked mm. to a few other former military Navy SEALs and some mm. other guys. They have to go outside of the U.S. to do this, but they do like um, different type of herbal, you know, therapy. So they go to like, uh, I think it's like Chile or Peru, and they take certain types of, you know, shaman style medicines under, yes. you know, watchful eyes. Yeah. It's all legit. It's just like you can't do it in the U.S. because the U.S. has rules against that plant. So yeah. It's like, well, the problem is in the U.K., Red, is we like to say it, play it safe, and that's part of the problem. And we've decided this is what we're going to use, and this is the preferred method, and if you want funding, you'll use this. You won't right. use anything else. And sometimes you've really got to think outside that right. box. You've got to try new things. You've got to try That's new right. methods. Because who's to say one thing works well for one person but doesn't work for another? And in Britain at the moment, there's this exactly. massive, massive trend that everyone gets put into a CBT-shaped hole. And you cannot treat blanket treatment veterans. You cannot. You have to build the therapy, the life coaching, the psychological support around the individual and tailor-make it to their life, their mindset, their world. 
and that's what we do at Fort Cumberland. We build it around the individual. We don't squeeze every individual into one thing. Well, I want to say thank you for your time. I know we're across the world talking right now. And Gary, it's been a pleasure to have you as a guest on Soft Rep on my radio show. And if I have another opportunity to have you on, we can talk furthermore about your veterans program that you have over there, which is the Forgotten Veterans UK. And yeah. to my listener, Forgotten Veterans UK on Facebook, on the internet, yeah. just look that up. Look up Gary, yeah. find that yeah. donate button, help him keep this going. And if you yeah. are an American veteran looking to team up with someone and ping pong ideas off each other, Gary's your yeah. man, all right? so. Yeah. Yeah, I want to thank I, I, I want to thank Big Phil though. I gotta say, Big Phil, bro, Big Phil Campion is the reason why we know each other. I gotta throw his yeah. name in here. He's gonna yeah. listen. He's yeah. like, oh, did Rad say my name? This is Rad Cuddles. Where's Rad? Where's Big Rad? Big <laughs> Phil is um, he's a wonderful. He's, he's a monster of a man, and I wouldn't I wouldn't upset him. But actually, when you get to know him, he's got a amazing. He might have that crusty body armor exterior, oh. but inside there's a massive, massive heart. And you know, Heart. people look to me this big, bro. So big. People look to me in the early days and well, this dude is too good to be true. Where's the angle? Where's the hustle? Where what is what is he getting from this? Right? But I just stood my ground, I kept on trying, I kept on pushing, and in the end, even Big Phil was like, Come here, guys, you know, I'm getting this, I'm feeling this, I get you thinking. You know, he wouldn't be sticking his name to this if he didn't believe this was the real deal and, and no. really the future. You know, I believe I've got the solution to the veteran crisis. I just need enough money to get behind me, enough people to get behind me and enough funding and money to really take this to where it should be. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that we can at least make this aware with our podcast. And I want to thank you, Gary, for being a part of this all the way from Fort Cumberland on the bottom of England. So if you're looking at the world map and you're looking at England at the very bottom, right across yeah. from Normandy sits Portsmouth and uh, Southampton. And yeah. right there is where the D-Day invasion and everybody took off. And you're right on the coast, bro. And I just want to yeah. say much love to you. Next time you're in the UK, let's hook up. Come down there, come for a big, big Uncle Gaz special cuddle. You're a monster of a man, but I can see a good heart also when I see one, all right? You take care, brother. Well, thank Love you. Love and respect to I all will. the serving Americans, all the serving veterans. Anyone wants to get in comms, I may not be able to fund you, I may not be able to give you the donations, but my time is free, and if I can find enough time in the day to spend with some of your guys, I will give them my time. Respect and love. What? Straight to love. Okay, well, with that, I'm going to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of Soft Rep with Gary. And my name is Rad. Say peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 